Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Views from the Script, a podcast that connects TV, film, and other forms of media to real world issues. I'm Kristen. And I'm Alicia, and in today's episode, we're going to be discussing the newly sensationalized scandal called Varsity Blues, or essentially it's a scandal involving U.S. college admissions allowing wealthy students in without real um, backing. So we're going to talk about that. Yes. So um, you've probably already heard what the Varsity (laughs) Blues scandal is about. But basically, it involves this um, admissions consultant, Rick Singer. Yeah. And these two actresses, Felicity Huffman and Lori Lautner, who were clients of Rick Singer. And basically, he helped their children get into college, um, but they used fraud and scheming and cheating to do so. Yeah. And some of the scheming and cheating includes paying proctors to mm-hmm. take the SAT and ACT for their children. Or correcting and answers correcting, or giving them more yeah. time. Yeah. Yes, like, yeah, like, you know how, like, um, people who have certain learning disabilities or any other kind of struggles, you can request more time. Some of these children got there, or some of these parents got doctors to write a letter on behalf saying that their children needed more time, even though they did not because they don't suffer from any... Learning disability, yeah. yeah. And um, in the case of Lori Lautner, who you guys may know as Aunt Becky from Full House. (laughs) Yeah, Lori Lori Laughlin, I thought it was. Laughlin, oh, Laughlin, sorry. Everyone's calling her Lautner. Anyways, (laughs) Laughlin. And she, um, so we all know that it's, quote, unquote, easier to get into college if you are really good at a sport. So, um, in collusion with this dude, Rick Singer, she created fraudulent pictures of her daughters um, as members of crew teams. You know, those rowboat sports? Yeah, teams, yeah. Yeah, they... they, um, Doctored photos. Yeah, doctored photos of her children being on their high school crew team, even though they absolutely were not, in an effort to, like, like, boost up their college admissions packet. Yeah. Um, and their children, allegedly, post- <laughs> posed for these photos and knew what these photos were for. I thought they weren't really that aware. I thought they were I just mean, like, like, this is this will help you get into college. Come take a picture. Come take a picture. It's like, okay, fine. I mean, if you it know you're that. not, if you know, well, yes, we don't know, but yeah. I would suspect that if you're no you're not on a crew team and you're taking pictures in a crew outfit I thought it wasn't that like stage I thought it was like here like Mm. take a picture of you working out on a row machine and then um oh okay and then like they like photo the whoever the Robert or what is his name singer Rick Singer like they just provided him with basic materials, and then he mm. took it over from there. Oh, like, I don't think they were that mastermindy. I think it was like, mm. here, what can I do to get my my daughter into UCLA or whatever? And he's like, give me some pictures of her working out, or you know. And then this is my <laughs> speculation, anyways. I don't I don't know if they're Very that involved. This it seems so messy that to, mm-hmm. to to do leave it to something so large of an organization like that and just not know that it would come out. 
Hmm, interesting. Okay. But it so, could be wealthy privilege. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, in any case, and then um, Lori Laughlin um, paid $500,000 to USC. Yeah, for to equipment or something. Yeah, to be crew recruits, even though they have no experience as um, a crew and the crew crew athletes. Yeah, I think in her case, one of her daughters was like admitted to be a coxswain, apparently, which is oh yeah, the someone who yeah the yeller of the boat. But they had taken pictures of her daughter like rowing, and coxswains don't yeah um row; they just yell. Mm. So that's just like. How is she going to be a coxswain? First, she doesn't even crew. She probably yeah. doesn't even know what a coxswain is. Yeah. And, and you're taking a picture of her rowing, not yelling. I don't know. It's, yeah. like, it's just weird. Uh, I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, so, um, so, I mean, there's 40, I think there's 45 um, names listed. Yeah, I think 50 in the, parents. In suit, yeah. Yeah, 50 parents. And um, Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin are just, I guess, the two most famous. Though I believe there's other famous, I mean, there's other um, wealthy people, maybe not yeah. as well known. Yeah. Um, they're probably well known in their circles, but mm-hmm. Felicity Huffman and Lori are probably the most like recognizable. Yeah. Of the of the defendant. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, they were arrested. Um, mm-hmm. I believe they've been indicted and they had to pay a million dollars bail. Yeah. yeah. I think Felicity was arrested. This is an interesting thing because Felicity mm. Huffman and Lori Laughlin, they both have significant others. Felicity Huffman, her husband, who's William H. Macy, known for, you know, shameless fame, he has nothing to do with the indictment because apparently mm-hmm. there was no evidence against him and it just seems something yeah. like Felicity has done. So she was arrested in her home. Mm-hmm. But Lori Laughlin and her husband are both indicted in this one um, mm-hmm. on the on that side because I guess there's evidence of both of them working on it. And mm-hmm. Lori was not arrested in her home because at the time this came out, she was in Canada. Shooting for Hallmark, right? Yeah, yeah, because that's where most of Hallmark stuff is (laughs) done on the cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she came to California and, like, arranged for, like, a peaceful turn-in so she wasn't going to have to have a messy Mm -hmm. arrest at the airport. Mm -hmm. So she, yeah, so she went in and, like, turned herself in for the, the case. See, now, this brings about a lot of feelings, emotions, questions about the college admissions process Yeah, uh, for a lot of people, but I think particularly for us, for numerous reasons. Us um, being... Just us being me and you, but us being black women, us oh. being, you know, people who went to specialized high school and okay, just seeing okay. people's reactions to yeah. admissions during that time. And then you have a a particular experience going to, you know, a a very good liberal arts college, and then now me applying to law school and just seeing (laughs) people's reactions to um, just just the various privileges that various people have within the the law school admissions process Mm -hmm. um, in particular. And, yeah, it just brings up a lot of 
issues and feelings. Um, yeah. I think one in general, I could, aside from this like very clear case of fraud, I feel like in general, wealthy people definitely have advantages when it comes to all types of admissions, college, graduate admissions. Um, like one thing that people said in response to this, like instead of them doing this like very clear and obvious fraud, why didn't they just use their money and like donate it directly to the school or get a building? Because that's traditionally what very wealthy people have done for centuries yeah. to get their children into school. And that's not considered fraud because there's no like, I guess... Well, there's no, yeah, like, you, there's no huge like, paper. Do, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's no paper trail that says, if I do this, then my daughter gets in. It's like, here's yeah. a helpful building. Maybe you might consider this when you see mm-hmm. my daughter's application. Not in exchange for my daughter getting in, you get a building yeah. sort of deal. Yeah, because the thing is, the schools aren't being charged with fraud. Yeah. It's the people. Because one thing I've noticed now, just reapplying to school, which I don't think I noticed as much well I mean maybe because I was so young but whatever like a lot of schools now they're like oh we have a quote-unquote holistic admissions process where we consider all factors it's not just your numbers it's your extracurriculars it's your work experience it's your recommendations and I think that that's how schools get around the issue of oh you just admitted them because they their parents donated something and oh, be like, oh, but no, but it's, it's a holistic help. experience because this person, way they may not have the grades, they have this going for, you know, there's no way mm. for you to, to, to determine how or why a school admitted one person over the other because they have a, quote, holistic admissions process. Yeah, but I also thought that was supposed to be a good thing in the sense of people who, no, it is. like, you know, like, <laughs> I mean... I didn't. I never thought about it in the way that it could help on the shady side, but I yeah. thought it was more of like a positive thing in the sense of you know mm-hmm. if you are coming from a low economic background and you didn't have access mm-hmm. to all the tutors and things that these wealthy people could, then uh-huh. if your scores aren't as high as they theirs, they look at everything mm-hmm. else like your dedication and mm-hmm. all the like. No, no, no. That, yeah, no, but it is yeah. a good thing. I'm just saying, I'm like, not, I know it's, yeah. in the case of people who donate buildings, like that's a way for that. Instead of doing this clear fraud, you could just donate a building, have your child apply regular, yeah. and your child would have gotten the same way, but you wouldn't have been indicted for fraud because yeah. there's no way to put two and two together because colleges have a holistic process. Yeah, so, I just yeah, I'm just saying I never thought about the holistic <laughs> process being used in that way. I thought I always yeah, thought it, it was for like the other way. It's not used that in way. a lot of ways because <laughs> you know, whereas, you know, obviously I'm in support of affirmative action and I certainly you know, I don't want to say have benefited from because I think I've worked hard too, but you know, obviously we get a boost. We get a boost in undergrad admissions and we certainly, from my experience, we get a boost in law school admissions, um, though you still have to reach a baseline. Um, yeah. Uh, oh shoot. What was my point? Where were we? T- oh my God. You were I just saying, like lost well, you were saying that <laughs> I, we were talking about the holistic viewing of, mm-hmm. of applications to get into school. And- oh yes, yes, yes. So, but the thing is like, it's a quid, like what people don't understand about, um, affirmative action, not only in the case of admitting people of color, but also 
women, um, athletes, people with certain work experience, people of certain um, economic backgrounds. Like, it's a quid pro quo relationship because it helps the school to have certain numbers. Yeah. You know, it helps the school to have certain numbers of students of color, certain male to female student ratios, to have people from X amount of people from low economic backgrounds and X amount of people from wealthy backgrounds, X amount of people with certain kinds of um, work experience and connections and certain people who um, do not. You know, it's all part of their marketing package. It's all part of their... Yeah, it's, it, all these things help to bolster the school. Yeah. And, um... That's, I yeah, definitely so, agree with that, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, and I think in the case of, you know... So when parents donate and their kids get in, that speaks to that quid pro quo relationship because at the end of the day, colleges are a business, and that's something that has become, like, increasingly... <laughs> clear to me Mm -hmm. because um the one thing colleges do not need to be as expensive as they are and a lot of well that's maybe that's going in a whole other topic (laughs) but in any case you know um these people what they did was just like there's definitely an insidious nature to it as opposed to maybe some of the other ways that wealthy people get advantages so um, you meaning like it's just more disgusting than yeah, than, yeah i than think than, so okay. yeah because your your children a they're already going to be okay like the the fact that you only, they could have got into college. Like, these kids didn't have a 0.0 GPA. Yeah. But you wanted them to get into USC for name recognition, and you were willing to do anything to... Um, get them in. For them to have that, yeah. you know, name recognition. Whereas there's people, you know, like you said, who come from low economic backgrounds, who can't afford, you know, SAT classes, who can't afford, you know admissions consultants, you know, yeah, maybe they have to work after school, you know, and they, you know, if they get a boost on their application because of their ethnicity or because of their socioeconomic background or whatever, it's seen as like a bad thing, a big deal, even though they work their way to where they are now. Yeah. But you, I mean, you were willing to go to any and all lengths just to get that brand name school for your child even though your child would be okay either way regardless of what school they go to Mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah no it is it is a little more disgusting because of the way it's done it's not like you don't because I I don't think they could play plead ignorance because they knew what they were doing when they were arranging for their kids to get into Mm -hmm. school and like you said they didn't have a zero gpa they could have gone to some state school or you know some other type of college and and in the case of lori laughlin her daughters were making bank as influencers already so they already had like a way to establish their career and not to say that Mm -hmm. if you're an influencer you don't need to go to college or worry about that but yeah but they could have still gone to school and done and Mm -hmm. and and had their influencer career mm-hmm. set up and and been fine you know they could have gone yeah. to any other school and been fine they, they were already making deals yeah. with like you know big brands like sephora and and all those other beauty brands yeah. and 
it would have been okay. And the thing is, like, a like that could have been a boost to their application. The fact that they're already business women. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, they probably could have got it. And the thing is, like, you live in California. Like the the University of California public school system is one of like the best, well known. Like, you could have got into any UC school. Like. I don't know. It just seems like yeah. at least at least when like not I don't condone this at all. But at least if you donate a building, all the students get to benefit from it. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, they did donate money for the crew team, I guess. So they got some students on the crew. <laughs> I guess. But it's like, dude, I don't know. It's just like, but okay. So like, but aside from that, like, what are some like other privileges that wealthy people get in the? The college admissions process. Well, that they didn't get. Well, wealthy people. This, this is maybe me making a generalization, but yeah. Um, one thing that I feel like wealthy people get that a lot of um people from a like a lower economic background don't mm. is the basically the knowledge of how to apply to college mm. because a lot of people from lower economic background are usually the first generation type of student going into the college applications mm. process so everything is already so foreign like well you need yeah. to get together um depending yeah. on how helpful your your high school is um they'll mm. tell you what you need and help guide you to like get everything in order but if you don't have a helpful guidance counselor or program in your school mm. then you're on your own trying to figure it out um yeah. so it's I think that's one advantage, like basic advantage. Like you're, if yeah. you're wealthy, your parents probably went to college and they know what the process is. They know how to help you at least get your paperwork mm-hmm. together. And in yeah. some cases, your parents and the lower economic background, if you are the first gen, they may not even be around to help you do any of that. It's yeah. just you and your own figuring it out. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, um, yeah, and it's like, I feel like for, I mean... For me, I feel like I wouldn't. I'm not from like the lowest socioeconomic background, but I think just being like from a family of immigrants, like I was the first one in America yeah. <laughs> to go through the process, and it was just it's completely different than the process, you know, where my family's from. So just like everything, I had to be like the educator for myself and my parents. Like this is what I need to do. This is how I'm going. This is how I have to do it. I had to do, like, everything myself, FAFSA, personal statement, Yeah, you know, letting them know how much it was all going to cost and, like, making sure that I got all those things together. And then mm-hmm. whenever anyone younger than me and my family was going through college, like, they're calling me. Asking for asking, a tip. Yeah, <laughs> and then I sometimes I'd have to, like, sit with, like, my cousins and, like, go through... Like, I remember, like, for at least three cousins, I had to sit with them and do the Common App. Mm-hmm. Like, go through the Common App with them, like, step by step and all yeah. that. And just, like, yeah, like, just having parents that, like, know the process and can give you advice just relieves some of the stress and anxiety from it. Around the whole process. Yeah. Because yeah. it's yeah. all so confusing. You've never encountered anything like yeah. it before. And it's like another form, all these mm-hmm. important information. If you don't do it right, you can mess up something yeah. and miss out. And like, that's important. Yeah. And then on I the agree. other front, there's like the idea of like wealthy parents can pay for you to go to college and you don't yeah, have to take exactly. out any loans on your own. Exactly. Exactly. Benefit. Yeah. Because I think like, um, 
Yeah, because money is definitely a barrier to how many schools you can apply to, but it's also a barrier on where you can go. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely my issue. Like, you know, I couldn't just go to any old school because, you know, I didn't because get you aid. Wanted to. Yeah. yeah, like it, I had to make a decision based off how much financial aid I was going to get at each school. And even with that, I still had to take out loans, which now are all on me to pay back. Like, I don't have anyone to help me. Get you know, pay, yeah, down, like pay yeah. back my college tuition. So that's another added stressor and another yeah. added privilege, like, to yeah. that experience as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I also <laughs> think on that same note, and not mm-hmm. in terms of benefits mm-hmm. for a wealthy versus low income, but, like, mm-hmm. you, like, we both got into the same um, private uh-huh. liberal arts school, uh-huh. and you could have gone if you wanted to take on those loans and stuff. And and, yeah. and like, but because you didn't want to, you went yeah. to a different school. And who's to say how that decision like changed right. the tra- tra- trajectory of um, your uh, yeah. career life, whatever, yeah. so far? Um, yeah. And even mine, you know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> But in that same breath, it's like the students that got into the the wealthy students who have gotten Mm -hmm. into schools based off this like um, Rick Singer guy. He's Uh um, prevented other students who who got who could have gone in on their own merit to go in. So it's like, how has that changed the trajectory of like other people, other people's lives that who could have gotten in? Like it could have been not just like other wealthy people who didn't cheat. It could mm-hmm. be middle class people, poor people. Like, mm-hmm. if that was the school that was gonna make them great, and now yeah. they didn't get to go because of this person buying their way in. Like, yeah. how how do you assess what you damage you've done to someone else's life? <laughs> like, like in exactly. that way. Yeah, that's yeah. true. No, it's true. And um, um, like in term, I think money is definitely like. I mean, money is like basically. I think the um, the 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 root of what this controversy really is about. Yeah, because it highlights because I privilege. think that yeah, because I think that people are still under this um, illusion that like America in general, but that is a meritocracy. Like if you work hard and you do your best, you're always going to have a positive outcome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, yes, if you work hard, you'll, you'll, you'll maybe be okay, but where you start economically and how many economic resources you're able to obtain on your journey mm-hmm. dramatically affect your outcomes in life. Yeah. You know, like even, um, okay, so now I'm applying to law school. I'm not I guess I'm at the end of that journey, but, you know, I'm on a lot of the law school forums and there's a lot of people who couldn't apply to a lot of schools just because it costs a lot of money Mm -hmm, to apply to schools. So not only do each individual school have an application fee, in order to apply to law school, you have to send your applications through the LSAC, um, which is like the Law School Admissions Council, and Mm -hmm. it's called a CAS report. So to send your, your CAS report has your recommendations, your personal statement, your LSAT score, your transcripts, et cetera, right? So um, to send your CAS report to each school costs $45 per school, 
on top of each school's individual application fee. So yeah. it could almost cost like a thousand dollars or more Jeez. to apply to law school. Yeah. Now, a lot of schools, especially if you have a good GPA LSAT, or if you request it, sometimes they will give you an application fee waiver. waiver. Yeah, yeah. So I was lucky; I was able to get a fee waiver for all but I think two schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really only had to worry about the CAS fees. But even with the CAS fees, I mean, it was a lot of money. And that's yeah. on top of if you want to take a LSAT prep course, which is over a thousand dollars, and um, say you you know if you take an LSAT prep course, you have to take it for a certain LSAT date, and if you want to extend your access to the course to another date, you have to pay another like four hundred dollars. Jeez, you know? yeah. So <laughs> it all starts adding a quick, and this is before you even yeah. get to the school. Yeah, <laughs> and then once you get into the school, there's deposits, and then there's fees, and then there's, you know, in law school, if you go full-time, you can't work, especially mm-hmm. your first year, you can't work. So then that, you know, people who have to work, you either have to take out loans for cost of living or you're not going to be able to go. Yeah. Because you, you just can't afford that. So I I think there's definitely, you know, I could definitely speak for law school. Like, there's definitely an economic barrier to who can go to law school and who can be a lawyer. And that probably speaks to the lack, the extreme lack of diversity in the law field. Yeah. You know. No, that is so crazy. I think, yeah, I think the way admissions in general, college as well as graduate programs is set up, it's mm-hmm. set up to exclude a lot of people from the yeah, process. Yeah, from even because, getting started. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Because, yeah, if you just applied for two mm-hmm. places using that CAS, that's like $100 almost right there. Yeah. And that's yeah. two schools. That's, that doesn't yeah. include anything else. Like, if, oh, yeah, <laughs> if you, exactly. Like, if you wanted to study and get materials to study, you're not paying for book. Like, that doesn't include book fees that you buy or yeah. courses, like you said, that you take or the other admissions fees and all. And But it's not yeah. just U.S. too, because I think I was looking mm-hmm. at some graduate programs in the U.K., and mm-hmm. to apply there, they do have a fee as well, which is kind of mm-hmm. like, really? But really? maybe it's I'm, because I'm a foreigner, but well, I don't how, know. How much are their, like, application fees? Um, I can't remember right now, mm-hmm. but I, okay. I think somewhere between 50 and, or maybe, like, 25, 30 pounds to, like, 100 pounds, but I can't recall. But well, I do per remember per, per yeah, yeah, per application. So, um. I, I can't, I don't quote me on it, but I think it was yeah. somewhere in that range. Cause I remember looking yeah. at a couple programs and thinking, oh yeah, I got to pay a fee to, if I want to have them consider mm-hmm. me. So yeah. Do they do fee waivers? Are they? Uh... Well, I haven't gotten that in oh, depth okay. yet. So, <laughs> I mean, possibly, possibly. Yeah. I think they do, yeah. but. Um... I, I will say this. I feel like, um, um, in a, I feel like the, the law school admission process is, um, while it's still very expensive, I do find it more, uh, sorry, less expensive than the college admission process. Because it, it seemed like for the college admission process, you had to be under a certain income level to get like application fee waivers. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. 
whereas in law school, it seems like most schools will offer it to you if they... If you request if they, it? If, if you request it or if you... Um, like, a lot of schools, before I even applied to them, they just sent me marketing emails mm-hmm. through, um, through CAS. And um, I guess if they liked your profile or if they liked your GPA... Mm-hmm. and your LSAT scores that's on the CAS because they have access to it, whatever, mm-hmm. then they will just send you marketing emails like, oh, if you apply by here, you get a fee waiver, da-da-da. And then um, one thing I've learned is that once you start getting into schools, a lot of schools, depending, again, on your credentials, will give you um, merit scholarships. Mm. And if you get a better merit scholarship from a... a a peer school, so a school that's similarly ranked or in the same market, like mm-hmm. regional market as another school, you can use that school scholarship to get an increased scholarship award oh, from yeah. another, another school. school, which is something you can't really do in undergrad admissions. Yeah, I've so, never heard of that before in undergrad. Yeah, so yeah. there is like, a, um, there are ways to make the process cheaper for you. You do have to do your research. Um, but I'm you do assuming. have to do your... That's the thing. So, like, if I wasn't on the... Um, the I'm gonna, Message I'm gonna boards? Say, the, if I wasn't on the law school Reddit, the law school admissions Reddit, I would have never known that I can negotiate scholarships. And, you know, so I, it's not something that, they nec- that the schools publicize at all. Yeah. So I can yeah, see why. You, yeah, and you do. <laughs> you they really lose money do. that way. Yeah. <laughs> you really do have to do like a lot of research, which I guess is on you. But I feel like if you have someone who's been through the process before, it can make it a lot easier. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like with most things in life. Like if you wanted to buy a house or whatever, mm-hmm. then if you know you have someone who's been through the experience, they can help yeah. you make your experience a little less stressful like yeah these are the, here's a list of everything you need to get together in order to mm-hmm. apply for to buying a house or apply for law yeah. school or med school or whatever it just makes things mm-hmm. simpler when you have that access yeah and i feel like in um like our community like communities of color the black community there's like i mean there's more and more people who are i guess um being able to access certain things like yeah. you know home ownership or advanced degrees but depending on what circles you're in you may have to look a little harder to find those people mm-hmm. to get advice from you know um, yeah I not, definitely agree with that yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know so um, I think that like I've been able to, like, build a network of people who I can get advice from. But I think if I was a younger student, I wouldn't have the same resources that I have now in terms of people to get advice from mm-hmm. that I do now as an almost 30-year-old. Yeah. You know? And that, again, is back to the scandal. Like, those mm-hmm. people, those wealthy parents have, and those students of the wealthy mm-hmm. parents have so many resources, like yeah. a network of people who've been through those hoops, whether it's going into USC for to get advice from them of how they got in or using like a, you know, what do they call it? Uh, per, those parental connect connections, like where yeah. you say like, I, my sister went here, my dad went here to like to yeah. in, influence your application or yeah. yeah, just access to people that can tell you oh, if in high school, maybe join a club or do this yeah. and that to like help mm-hmm. you for your application going forward. Whereas mm-hmm. in some lower communities, like you said, or lower economic brown communities, um, mm-hmm. 
there are people who are doing that and have been doing it, but they're just not as many. So mm-hmm. when you don't see it, you don't have the same resource to go and ask and say, how yeah. do you do this? Or who can help me with like something simple mm-hmm. as, you know, getting together a college essay or whatever it may be. Yeah. 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 Or just knowing what the experience is like and telling you the realities, you know, mm-hmm. like, okay. Like I, um, so I'm pretty close to choosing where I'm going to school. So um, once you get into the schools, they have these things called admitted students days, right? Where this, it's basically one, a day-long marketing event for the school where they tell you about why the curriculum. So yeah, and why <laughs> it's so amazing. And cho- we hope you choose us. And they give you free shit and da-da-da. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been to two so far. The first one I went to, I was one of maybe eight or nine black people in the room Mm -hmm. and there weren't very many other people of color in the room and this was maybe a room of over a hundred just admitted students Mm -hmm. at the one I went to on Friday I was literally the only black woman admitted student and there was um one um dude who was like a what, Brown I'm, a, I'm assuming he's a black male from my from what I saw. Oh, he could be mixed. He could be maybe Afro Latina. I don't know, but <laughs> I was looking. I was looking. Yeah, but I was definitely the most obvious black person in the room of maybe yeah maybe another hundred students. Yeah, or so students. Okay. But I was definitely the only black woman there. I saw. Um, there were it's very small. There were maybe like two Latina women, mm-hmm. and not a lot of other students of color at all. Wow, yeah. In general, like mm-hmm. across the field of of color, and um, but a lot of the administrators were black. And then they did a, a panel of current students, and three mm-hmm. out of the four of them were black. So I was like, okay. But I was like, whoa, like this is a, because com- I'm currently a social worker. So my field is like very diverse currently. Mm-hmm. But, and I know like the law field is very not diverse. Like there's very, like the percentages of black attorneys is in the single digits, mm-hmm. the low single digits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just seeing it like that, I was like, wow. So um, the school that I'm probably choosing is having a diversity luncheon in April. At first, I wasn't going to go because I'm like, oh, do I want to take another day off work? But after Friday, I was like, I need to go to this. Let me see. I need to to go to this. I need. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, "Mm, this might be helpful to me. Yeah. But those are like the considerations that you have to put into your mind. Like, I guess this is like away from economics now and into like race. But, Mm -hmm. you know. If I was just like a, a a white applicant, I wouldn't have to think about you know the how many of me are in the room yeah. and do I need to attend this diversity luncheon to make myself feel more comfortable or meet other black students before yeah. I get there, you know. But now yeah. that is something I have to think about now. Yeah, you know? <laughs> no, that is that, and I think that this is sort of straying from the main topic, but I yeah. think that as a black woman or yeah, woman of color, you always end up ha- thinking about diversity whenever you yeah. enter a new space uh not like it's a i guess it's not good or bad but it's like mm-hmm. whenever you enter a new space like even me entering a new space at work i was like oh so 
there's a different makeup of what's brown here and yeah. <laughs> like and like there's like not that many people like when I wear my hair naturally I'm kind of like oh I wonder if that's taboo <laughs> like you know <laughs> some sort of unconscious bias that could be used against me but I think yeah. that that's like it's unfortunate but I mean that's how most yeah. places are when you're entering a new space that you feel like yeah. You're just trying to get to the other pe- wealthy people already have access to. And it's just like, oh, yeah. I, I don't want to be that one. Being that one for everyone. I just want to be. <laughs> I just want to be, yeah. yeah. But it's just like something you have to like consider. And even age is like a now consideration for me because everyone's like much younger, you know, like. Well, I guess with the black thing, you can just blend. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because, oh, my God. So, like, um, before we were waiting, when we were waiting for, like, the program to start, some of the administrators were just coming up to us and introducing us. And one thing that's, like, so interesting, whenever you go to these administrators' events, they have your name and then they have your undergraduate institution. So it's just, like, so weird to me to be, like, identified by my undergrad. Because it's, like, oh, that's, like, a million years ago. (laughs) But it's, like, that's now how they're identifying you because it's, like, oh, grad program, where did you go to undergrad? So um, the administrator, she asked me, she's, like, oh, so... um, so you, so you're you're going to school at Stony Brook, and she was, like, and I was like, I got like, ugh, I'm so awkward. I was like, oh no, I'm an old fogey, I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 out of school now. I'm working, and she was like, oh, okay. And then we started talking about what I do for work. Uh, <laughs> Why did I say it? Why you call yourself it's just an like, old fogey? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it could, that's how I felt. I was like, oh my god, everyone's like 22 straight out of you know undergrad and I'm sure mm-hmm. some people were older I'm just in my head like oh my god like I'm yeah. so young and I'm so old you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know I'm like a mother from 30 so I think maybe there's some like residual like, <laughs> shit <laughs> like coming up from that too uh, maybe so there's just okay. like oh it's just a lot maybe there's like a latent insecurity um, but <laughs> yeah maybe I mean cause I wouldn't guess that I mean, I, I know people who went to law school, um, but mm-hmm. they didn't go straight out of school. They maybe took three mm-hmm. years bef- off or okay. worked for three or four years before they actually went. But that doesn't yeah. make like life is whatever you want it to be. I know, <laughs> I, know I know. Like I'm not, I'm not Plus, like you're, really thirty concerned. isn't that old anymore, and you're still I know still in your twenties yeah. with the rest of the people right now. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I'm gonna be in the part time evening if I go to the school that I pretty sure I'm going to like I'm going to be in the part-time evening program so I'm sure there's going to be older people and so mm. I'm not like bothered, bothered <laughs> about it yeah. yeah and I think like honestly I'm glad I didn't go straight out of undergrad because I don't think I, I would have been as focused or successful so I'm like okay but yeah. anyway <laughs> back to the topic but you know mm-hmm. one thing that like there's a lot of controversy about in America at least is um in um, college admissions is uh, affirmative action, right? Yeah. And affirmative action based off race. So mm-hmm. there's a, I think the lawsuit's still pending, and I think it's against Harvard, where Asian students feel like they're um, oh, yeah. discriminated against in the college admissions process because there's like a, um, I guess in the students of color pool, there's a larger percentage of them. Mm-hmm. And I guess they feel that um, uh, the amount of their demographic that would qual- normally qualify for 
uh, certain elite schools don't get in because they're trying to keep the percentages balanced and uh, something to that nature. Mm-hmm. So um, in typically in college admissions, black people and Latinos benefit the most from race-based affirmative action because our numbers are typically lower and there's a lot of controversy about that. People feel a way about that. Da, 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 da. But um, I think that the fact that wealthy people get a boost in admissions for numerous yeah. reasons and in numerous ways, I think that there should be a little bit more attention placed on that and less attention placed on, on affirmative students of action. color getting a minor boost because at yeah. least when students of color get a boost for admissions, we at least have to meet a baseline Yeah. to um, benefit from any kind of affirmative action. Yeah. Whereas and if you, you know. Yeah, I know. I agree. I mean, I think definitely that should be more of a focus than affirmative action. And I, I support affirmative action just because I, I know that, unfortunately, the societies that we live in are still very racial. Mm-hmm. And there are um, effects of that that trickle down into how students of color perform in school based off access and like yeah. oppression from decades and of mm-hmm. bad stuff. So I think that's, mm-hmm. that's needed. And then there's also the level of unconscious bias that still exists. So yeah. I feel like affirmative action kind of is sort of an anchor to kind of help offset that unconscious bias a little bit. And not that it's doing that much to be, be honest, it's helping, yeah. but it's not, gonna, it's not yeah. changing the, the way the, the working class, like it's not changing the majority of people in power. Like, let's be honest, but that's not going to happen. That's not happening with affirmative yeah. action. So Less attention on that and more on the people that are already in the majority doing crazy yeah, stuff. I agree. Because we're still, we still have a low, even with affirmative action, we're still, we still have low percentages in undergrad and graduate institutions. And mm-hmm. like I explained in certain career paths, we're even lower than that. And I think it's beneficial to schools and certain careers to be more diverse because mm-hmm. you know the world is changing America's changing the demographics of the United States are rapidly changing so we need more representation across all races and ethnicities and all institutions and professions yeah and it just so, goes to show you too with the scandal that the two women that are I guess the most notable that are implicated I would have never guessed they would do something like that because their profile even though they're like wealthy white women their profiles are like mm-hmm. known to be relatively like nice people and it's like wow you're supposed to be relatively nice people but you still doing ruining someone's this. life essentially you could be ruining some some student's life by getting your kid in and your kid's life too making them look like idiots yeah. now that this kind of came out kind of <laughs> did because now they lost all their deals like she could have had her influencer career and went to whatever college she just naturally got into and yeah be better than yeah you know but now she has a stigma of being like an idiot i think like, I mean, it kind of makes you feel like, oh, were they that dumb that they couldn't get into school? But, mm-hmm. or like, did you not believe in them at all? Could you, did you not spend time tutoring them? Or, 
trying to help them have a hobby or something that could help them get into school? Like, what what was what went wrong? And they also messed up their own money. Like, Lori Loughlin, yeah. like, she got fired from the Hallmark Channel, which was, like, her bread and butter. And uh, mm-hmm. Fuller House, she, they got rid of her on Netflix. So, you know. Yeah. So... Oh, it's just like something I didn't need to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's good that it's come out because uh, yeah. one other thing I will say is that a lot of the people that I went to college with that mm-hmm. are like from that private liberal arts institution on Facebook, they were posting like a lot of stuff about the about the scandals. <laughs> really? Yeah, like yeah. what? Just kind of like I some of them. The ones that I'm, like, friends with or are friends with on Facebook, they were never really, like, that uber wealthy. But yeah. they're just kind of, like, those people that bragged about... Um, I knew there were some people that were paid to be into my school. Like, stuff like I knew some people got paid to, to go to the school. Or, like, the scores <laughs> that they're bragging about for their SATs, they didn't really get. Like, I, I know, I know. There's just lots of posts alluding to people that they went to my school with saying that either they, one, they knew that they were uh, paid to get in, or two, mm-hmm. like, just think about all those other people that were bragging about their SAT scores when in reality their parents, like, had it doctored for them. So they've just been posting a lot of stuff like that. Not not just wait, exclusively. Oh, sh- wait, can you... Oh, yeah, you- not exclusively to my school, but just mm-hmm. saying that stuff on Facebook was either one that... They knew other people were being paid or mm-hmm. paying to go to school, like either at my, not my school necessarily, but other schools in the private sector or that too, that their SAT scores weren't real because they knew that mm. something was up. And I'm not sure how they knew, but they said they, they did. So I thought that was interesting. Mm. So people suspected it. Yeah, they definitely said they alluded to suspecting it. And they weren't surprised. Very interesting. Yeah. So they got in because their parents donated. Yeah, like don't don't but yeah, more donated, less like dealing with this Rick Singer guy, but more just like yeah, they donated a wing or a football mm. field or whatever. <laughs> Very interesting. So it's definitely something that happens in reality. Yeah. And, and then they, on top, on top of that, they probably got private tutors. And if they did, I mean, like if they had private tutors, why go through all that in the end? I don't know. What did they and get then into, like some bad state school or or what? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Did they go to Santa there's, Barbara? There's also like the thing of like I think you mentioned it too the um, the elite high schools. The elite private high schools oh. and how they're basically feeders into the elite colleges. Yeah, they so are. I like, yeah, I think if you go to one of those, you're almost kind of that gives you a boost in admissions because that says something about the nature of your family and how much yeah. they could contribute to the, um, into the university. Your, yeah, the university. And you've already been networking with the right people, so you'll probably fit right in, you know? <laughs> So I feel like it's easy. Oh, you cut out for a little bit. Oh. Sorry. Now I was saying that it's probably it feels like it's easy. You'll feel fit right in one since you've mm. already gone and network with the right people all throughout your like informative years. Yeah. I don't know. It's just 
hard. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. But yeah, it's sad stuff. Let us know your experiences with college admissions, graduate admissions, if you feel that you know, others get a boost over you for whatever reason. If you have a boost, let us know. Yeah, how? Your experience how that with that. <laughs> you know, how you feel about that. Um, I'd be interested to hear. <laughs> yes. And what you think about the scandal and, itself, um, too. Yes, what do you think? All right. And uh, until next time. Bye. Bye.